Well, good morning and welcome to another Morning Devotions. We are so happy to get to have you here with us today. Now, as usual, we love to open with Psalms 91, and we want to hear it today from our wonderful, wonderful preteens. So now let's go turn and head to our preteens as they tell us and remind us about the promises in Psalms 91. Hello, everyone. My name is Isabel Ferris-Picalis. I am from COP Shine Online. Psalm 91, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not hear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes in day. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but they will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and serpent he will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Thank you, preteens. Now let's get ready to open up our hearts for some worship. Let's turn and worship the Lord together.
Wasn't that a great time of worship? So now we want to pray and get our hearts ready as we open up our hearts to dig into the word this morning. Let's all pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for another day, another opportunity, Lord, that we have to get to hear about you, your word, your plans, your promises, that they are yes and amen. Father, we come and ask that you be with us today. As the unfolding of your word takes place, Lord, we ask, Lord God, that we get to learn about you, your principles. We get to hold on to your promises. We get to have a good understanding of who you are and what you're doing. Father, we thank you, Lord. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So now let's get ready by grabbing our Bibles, our pens, and Let's dig in. If you would please open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. We're going to be starting in verse 16 today. And we don't have a long passage in Romans, but we do have a long one with some very, very good points in Nehemiah today. So let us get into some Romans. All right. In Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 16, It says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. So here it's not about the seeing, like I'll see it to believe it. Here you're hearing the word of God and that word of God takes place in your heart And you start to have faith. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing what? Gossip? No. Hearing the word of God. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you jealous for those who are not a nation. What a foolish nation I will make you. With foolish nations, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. There is no excuse. God is everywhere. People can see him, hear him. People will be able to know who he is by what he's done. People in far-fetched places in the world will have no excuse for not hearing about God, for not hearing about who he is. 
But of Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hand to a disobedient and contrary people. Chapter 11. Again, there's always a remnant. Verse 1. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. For I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture of Elijah says? How he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have demolished your altars, and I am left alone. They seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself thousand men who have not bowed their knee to Baal. So too, at a present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. When Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking, the elect obtained it. But the rest were hardened as it is written. So nothing you can do, we see here, is what's going to get you into heaven. It's not because of works. It's not because of, oh, well, I come from this class, or I come from this country, or I come from this family. That's then not grace. It's saying if if it is by grace, it is no longer the basis of works, or else grace would no longer be grace. As it is written, verse 8, God gave them a spirit of stupor eyes, that would not see and ears that would not hear down to this very day. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and bend their backs forever. That's going to be our Romans passage today, but there's some really important things we need to understand. It's not about what we do. It's not about the works, the money. It's not about those things. But having a relationship with God by grace is what is the key. And we see here, it's not about seeing. It's not about telling. It's about faith coming from hearing the word of God. That's why the Bible is so important. That's why the Bible is so important to have to help build us up, to build our faith, to build up our walk with God, to help build our relationship with Him. It is so very important that we strive to listen to the Word of God. Amen. Now let's get into a time of worship one more time before we head to the Old Testament. They made me feel set free. They made me feel like a criminal. Made me feel like a king. They lifted my heart to places I've never been. And they dragged me down back to where I began. 
we've got our Old Testament passage. Please do open your Bibles to Nehemiah, and we are going to be starting in chapter 4. Now, some very, very interesting points here that can help us with practical life besides church life. Let's dig in. When Sanballat heard they were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. There are going to be people that are going to get angry when other people are doing the work of the Lord. Isn't that amazing to think? Isn't that amazing to try and comprehend that there's going to be people who are going to be upset with the Lord's work being done, with God's people being taken care of. But there will be. We see it here, and it still happens today. And he said in the presence of his brothers and the army of Samaria, What are these feeble Jews doing? When they restore it for themselves, will they sacrifice? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they receive stones out of heaps of rubbish and burned ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, buddy, buddy. And he said, yes, they are building. If a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt on their own head and give them up to be plundered in a land where they have captives. Do not cover their guilt. And let not their sin be blotted out from your sight, for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So we built the wall, and the wall was joined together by half its height, for the people had a mind to work. That is important, that people have a mind to get the job done. But... When Sanballat and Tobiah of the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that the repairing of the wall of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches or the breaks, the weak points, were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. And they plotted together to come and fight Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. Now, here's the thing. They're doing the work of the Lord. God is going to watch over them. And we're going to see some powerful wisdom and teaching take place. In Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is falling. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. At that time, the Jews who lived in the area came from all directions to see us ten times. You must return to us. So in the lowest part of the space between the wall in open places, I stationed people by their clans with the swords and their spears and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Clear instructions 
clear plans and clear assignments are going to be seen in just a minute. And when we're doing the work of the Lord, we need those plans. We need those assignments. We need those instructions. We need one person in charge that we just follow and do what's right to all come together and work together. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plans, see, things happen when God is on your side. We all return to the wall, each to his work. Again, going back to work is important. We don't stop in the middle of questioning. We don't stop in the middle of problems. We don't stop in the middle of anything, but we go back to work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, shields, and bows and coats of mail. And the leader stood behind the whole house of Judah. Who were building the wall? Those who carried the burdens were loaded in such a way and each labored over their work. For one hand held his weapon and with the other his work. And each one of the builders had his sword strapped to his side while he built. What a way to do work. Ready to work, but ready to fight at any time as well. Then the man would sound the trumpet who was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread and we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place when you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us here, our God will fight for us. Plans for growth, plans for protection. A good leader needs to make sure all points are taken care of. So we labored at the work and half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. I also said to the people at that time, let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be a guard for us and may labor by day. So neither I nor my brothers nor servants nor men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon in his right hand. Now there arose a great outcry of the people because of their wives against their Jewish brothers. For there were those who said, With our sons and our daughters we are many, so let us get grain, that we may not that we may eat and keep alive. There were also those who said, We are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, our houses to get grain because of the famine. And there were those who said, We have borrowed money for the king's taxes on our fields and our vineyards. Now our flesh is the flesh of our brothers, our children are as their children, yet we are forcing our sons and daughters to be slaves, and some of our daughters have already been enslaved. But it is not in our power to help it, for other men have our fields and have our vineyards. Now comes some correction. I was very angry when I heard their outcry and these words. I took counsel with myself, and I brought charges against the nobles and the officials. I said to them, you are exacting interest each from his brother. And I held a great assembly against them and said to them, we, as far as we are able, have bought back our Jewish brothers who 
have been sold to the nations, but you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us? They were silent and could not find a word to say. So I said, the thing you are doing is not good. Stand for what's right. Ought you not to walk in the fear of our God to prevent the taunt of the nations of the enemies? Moreover, I and my brothers and my servants are lending them money and grain. Let us abandon this exacting of interest. Return to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, and their olive orchards, and their houses, and the percentage of money and grain, wine, and oil that you have been exacting from them. Then they said, We will restore these and require nothing from them. We will do as you say. And I called the priests and made them swear to do they had promised. I also shook out the fold of my garments and said, So may God shake out every man from his house and from his labor who does not keep this promise, so that he may be shaken out and emptied. And all the assembly said, Amen, praise the Lord. And the people did as they had promised. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the twentieth year to the thirty-second year of Arzataxes, the king of twelve years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food of the allowance of the governor. The former governors who were before me laid heavy burdens on the people and took from them for their daily ration forty shekels of silver. Even their servants lorded it over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of the Lord. Because we have the fear of the Lord, it causes us to do certain things and it causes us to not do certain things. It causes us to do what's right and to make sure we're obeying and we're following God, but it also keeps us in check from going and doing things we know we shouldn't be doing. I also perversed in the work of this wall as we acquired no land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Moreover, there were at my table a hundred and fifty men, Jews and officials beside me, who came from the nations that were around us. Now what was prepared was at my expense, for each day was one ox and six choice sheep and birds, and every day ten of kind of wine of abundance. Yet all of this I did not demand the food allowance of the governor, because the service was too heavy on this people. Remember me for my good, O oh my God, all that I have done for his people. One, that is a powerful prayer to pray. Lord, remember me. Remember what I've done. Remember what I didn't do. Remember that I did what's right, God. And that here, as a good leadership principle, he didn't try and take things that would end up hurting the people. He made decisions that would end up strengthening the people, doing what is best for the people. Chapter 6. Now, when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach, no breaking point left, 
in it, although up to that time I had not set the doors and the gates. Sanballat and Gershom sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together at Hecapernaum in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. And I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? You don't stop the work for silly people, for silly drama. You don't stop that. You keep doing what you're doing. You keep doing the work of the Lord. You keep doing what God has instructed to you. Why should your work stop so you can go to meet someone who doesn't intend good for you? And they sent to me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. In the same way, Sanballat, for the fifth time, sent his servant to me with an open letter. That's dangerous. Nothing sealed. An open letter in his hand. It is written. Here come some lies. It is reported among the nations of Gershom also says it that you and the jews intend to rebel that that's why you're rebuilding the wall and according to these reports you wish to become their king and you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in jerusalem there is a king in judah and now the king will hear of these reports so come let us now take counsel together the danger of an open letter is everyone can and everyone will read it. People can see those letters. People can see those notes. People can see those whatever you're doing to try and get your point or your story across. And all this is is twisting and lying and manipulating only for their good. And then he says, come, let's take counsel together. So what happens next? Verse 8. Then I said to him, saying, No such thing as you say have been done, for you are inventing them out of your mind. For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. Don't take counsel from evil people. Don't stop to meet with fools. Keep doing. And when things are questioned like that, especially in an open and public matter that can cause other people to question or to doubt, you speak truth back. You speak truth back and then you go back to work. You watch out when people are trying to rally others behind them and cause issue and stir up drama. You be careful when things happen. Now I went to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Delilah, the son of Metabel, who was confined to his home. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you by night. This sounds good. This sounds holy. This sounds righteous. Verse 11. But I said, should such a man as I run away? And what man such as I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in. And I understood 
that and saw that God did not send him, but he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired them. For this purpose he was hired, that I should be afraid and act in a way and sin, and so they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. Remember Tobiah and Sanballat, O oh my God, according to these things that they did, and also the prophetess Nodiah and the rest of the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. Some pastors, some prophets can be bought and can lead you into a way that will hurt you and damage you, can lead you into sin. But you need to pray, God, remember them. Remember that they tried to hurt me. Remember that they tried to damage me. Remember that they tried to lead me astray, that they tried to distract me from you, from your word, from your promises. Lord, remember me for my good. And Lord, remember them for what they tried to do. Verse 16. So the wall was finished. <sighs> On the 25th day of the month Elul in 52 days. And when all the enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem. For they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Even unbelievers will see that you are able to do what you are able to do. You are able to go and accomplish all that you are able to accomplish through the hand and the work of God. Amen. Moreover, in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and Tobiah's letters came to them. For many in Judah were bound by oath to him because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Ara, and his son Jehonan had taken the daughter Meshulam, the son of Berecha, to be his wife. And also they spoke of his good deeds in my presence and reported my words to him. And Tobiah sent letters to make me afraid. How very sneaky and manipulative. Marriage to help advance your political status, combining Christianity and politics, something you're not supposed to do, and using these relationships with nobles to try and f strike fear in people, to try and cause a division, to try and make it look like I'm better and you should be afraid and I'm this and you should be that. That's not what we should be doing. That's not right. And Tobiah sent letters to make me afraid. That is so sneaky and manipulative. That's not how you should live. Now in chapter 7. Now when the wall had been built, and I had set up the doors, and the gatekeepers, and the singers, and the Levites had been appointed, I gave my brother Hanani, the Hananiah, the governor of the castle, charge over Jerusalem, for he was more faithful and God-fearing than many. And I said to them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun is hot, and while they are standing guard, let them shut out the bar and the doors. Appoint the guards from among them, of their inhabitants, 
of Jerusalem, some of their guard posts, and some in front of their own homes. And that's the end of our passage today. But here's a really, really good principle. You put good, trustworthy, loyal, God-fearing people in positions. You don't put people in positions because of who they're married to or because it looks politically correct or this or that. You do what's right and you put the most qualified people because of their heart and their dedication and their service in the proper place. Well, I hope you learned something this morning. Before we go, I want to remind you, we are going to be adjusting to things that the government is announcing But we are so happy to be able to hear from you. If ever you would like to confirm your spot for a service, do reach out to your campus pastors, your district pastors, and we would love, love, love to be able to help you be a part of the car service, be a part of our normal services that were happening. So please do reach out to us, and we would love to help you with that. I'd also like to encourage you as we are digging into the word. If you have prayer requests, pop your notes down below, send us messages. We would love to be able to pray with you. We'd love to be able to hear the testimonies that's going on in your life and to know what God is doing. Now, as we get ready to close, let's pray. Father, we come to you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word and your presence, which is with us. We ask, Lord God, that you help us, Lord God, to be at peace. Give us strength. Give us perseverance, Lord God. We thank you that you have been our provider, that you have provided more than enough, Lord God, of all that we need. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. Lord, as we've dug into your word today, we pray these principles on leadership, on planning, these principles, Lord God, on living right. Help us, Lord God, to be able to do these things. Help us to make wise decisions when people try and cause fear in our hearts and in our life. Lord, let us not give in. Lord, let us hold on to your plans and your promises. Let us remember who you are. And Lord, remember us for what we do, for when we do right, Lord God. Lord, we thank you that you will continue to do great and wonderful things, Lord God, that you have wonderful plans in store. Lord, we pray for our government officials. We pray for our doctors. Give them wisdom, Lord God. Give them strength. Lord, we thank you that you are working on healing our nation. And Lord, we pray that you be with them, Lord God. Lord, we ask that you touch those that are in the hospitals, that you touch, Lord God, those who are sick. We pray, Lord God, for healing. Lord, we pray that sickness and disease be far from our household, Lord God. And Lord, we thank you that no matter what the times, no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstances, Lord, we can hold on to you. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I hope you had a great time this morning because I had a great time with you guys. So I'll say see you later, but have a fantastic day. See you for the services. And don't be ashamed. Reach out to us. We love hearing from you. Don't be nervous. Don't be shy. We want to know what is going on in your life. Have a fantastic day. See you. Take care and God bless.